Well, and it's also why, like, this is a perfect example, just to, like, really put the exclamation point on it. Somebody really asked me if Black Twitter was a separate Twitter. And my thing, and, like, I had to explain to them, like, no, online spaces are consistently and constantly erasing marginalized voices and ignoring them and dismissing them. And so it's just a subculture and a subcommunity that was created on the platform so that we can find a sense of community. It's not a different fucking handle. It's not like blacktwitter.com. No. Hey y'all, what's up? Welcome to episode 28 of That's Not How That Works. What up y'all? Um, today, Weez has a story for us. We told y'all the universe provides. Yeah, right. And Weez and I, as we alluded to last week, we have been working on some things. Then we have like all this, all these episodes that we wanted to kind of record to share with you. And the universe provided with a real concrete example of how one of kind of shows up in the world. So Weez, I'm going to let you take it away. Do we need any preface? <laughs> um, no, you know, I'm just going to go into it. And now y'all know I am real direct and real honest and real open. So I feel like normally if you listen to this podcast, you know that we don't use names when it's like a good thing or a bad thing. Sometimes when we just want to respect the, you know, somebody's privacy and their boundaries and, and maintaining a safe space for them. But the second that somebody actively chooses to obliterate mine or be disrespectful to me, I feel like I don't owe you that. So I'm going to use all the names first and last. And that's what the fuck you get for being a disrespectful ass human being. So where do we begin? I am currently in a six week program around like working through visibility online. Um, if you've listened to our older episodes, this is something that I personally have a huge issue with. I think everybody's the feds, <laughs> like super, super weird about the information that I share online, how I show up online, because I just don't think it's a safe space um, for me in general, for women of color, all those things. So you can listen to old episodes to like get a more in-depth understanding of that. But that being said, my amazing, wonderful friend, Julia Wells, is doing this program all about, you know, visibility in the online space and your coaching program and your practice and so on and so forth. And so I decided to, you know, go into this program, really making a commitment for myself that I was going to trust not only in Julia's ability to maintain safe spaces and Julia's accompliceship and allyship, but in the type of women that she would attract into this program. And I was going to put myself in a really uncomfortable position of being really like the only, I'm pretty sure, like there's some people that aren't very vocal yet, but like there's maybe one other, the two other women of color, one white person. We've had a very interesting conversation recently, but I'm definitely like out there. I'm the only like super woke out there person woman of color um, that like very openly identifies as such. That being said, week one, right out the gate, doing introductions, like everyone's doing their thing. And you know, people are excited. So they're friending each other on, on Facebook. And um, there's another Julia. And I do have to use her last name so we can clarify, Julia Lally. I don't know this woman, she's in the UK. Um, we become friends on Facebook. Um, initially, you know, she was posting some stuff that was like very, for me, it was like very bold in an online space, which I like low key respected. I was like, that's dope. Cause that's not me. Like I move in a very specific way. And she just didn't fucking care. She was like, this is who I am. This is what it is. This is how I present myself. And I was like, okay, that's cool. So 
Upon becoming friends on the social sphere, I see a comment that she posts and the very first line, and I'm now blocked. So this is, um, you know, maybe not a hundred percent direct quote, but it said, um, people are, are very tribal around their Apple product. So I responded to her. And if, if any of you have been listening to our episode, we did an entire episode on why the word tribal has been so problematic and appropriated and commodified and so on and so forth. Um, and I personally come from a tribe. So I respond to her and I say, and I requote her. So quote unquote, people are really tribal around their Apple products. What did you mean by the use of the word tribal? That's it. That's all I asked. My intention was this woman is in a, like a mastermind group with me. So I need, part of me was like, let me see what kind of white woman she is. And also let me see, like, let me engage her because we're about to spend six weeks getting real visible and vulnerable and open. Like, like let, you know, I'm, I'm gonna just holler at her. She chooses to ignore me. That's fine. That is her prerogative, but she ignored me and she proceeded to, and I know she ignored me because she was like actively posting other stuff later, talking to other people like on the thread. So she just actively chose not to respond to my question. This was really triggering for me because this happens to women of color and any marginalized person all the time online. Somebody, whether it's a white person, whether it's cis, whether it's heteronormative, however they present in their position of privilege and identity, says something super fucking problematic, and then, you know, we got to mind our P's and Q's so we're not called aggressive or crazy or, or, and, or anything else and gently ask, well, what did you mean by that? Because also you want to give people the benefit of the doubt to say, yo, I wasn't aware. I didn't know. Help me. Help me do better. Right? You hope that people are going to say, my, my bad. I didn't know. I'm going to do better. Like, thank you for bringing this to my attention. I'm, I'm going to be more conscientious in, in the language that I use, in my behavior, whatever. But no, 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 no. That is not what this woman does. This woman does the exact thing that we all get super annoyed by, right? Like we already navigate the world being ignored. Our voices are completely, you know, dismissed. We don't have platforms. We're fighting just to be seen in general. And so then we have this online space where I'm supposed to be in this program with this fucking woman. And like, you're doing the thing, you're doing the exact thing, which is why I don't show up in online spaces because it's also yeah. fucking exhausting. I was gonna say that like, I, I wanna put an exclamation point on what you just said. Be and you kind of brushed over it cause you were like, she did the thing that people get annoyed by. And it's not just that this is an annoying thing. Oh yeah, it's, it's not annoying. Right, it's that it's harmful and it is yes. the, it's dismissive. It's an example of erasure. Mm -hmm. And it's the precise reason, one of the precise reasons that women of color and women with marginalized identities or people with marginalized identities don't feel comfortable showing up wholly expressed in a space. And it's like why people censor themselves. And you know, right. like that is, this is the reason why. This so it's is way the reason. more than just like this annoying thing that someone did. It's like right. the precise thing, it is the thing that breaks up communities or that prevents communities from building and right. kind of creates wedges. Now, it just so happened that the exact assignment for that week was talking about, you know, what are the reasons that you don't show up online authentically? What are the reasons around like your limitations to visibility? Well, All isn't of that convenient? Right. I was like, Julia was right on time with that. She didn't even know what she was doing. She was right on time. So 
that same week. And, and in all honesty, I wasn't going to say shit for probably the first like four weeks of the program anyways. Like I probably would have been supportive, but I wouldn't have shared anything because I didn't know what type of white women were in the space. So that being said, this thing happens and I put myself in a really uncomfortable position and I chose to commit to follow through on the commitment that I made to being in this program and, and also the commitment that I have made to the movement, which is using my unique position and voice to try to educate in any space that I navigate. And so I was like, yo, I would be remiss if I didn't like actually engage in this week's topic or lesson, right? And we're supposed to go live. So I literally was like sitting on my couch, looked like, you know, wild. It, was, it had been a long day. And I went live and I literally, and I didn't use this woman's name. I didn't say like, you know, the, too many specifics so that I could still provide her with the respect of privacy. Like unless somebody specifically saw it, they wouldn't know. A lot of women responded and they were like, oh my God, at first I was like, fuck, was that me? But then you said something that made me realize like, okay, it wasn't me or whatever. So it's not like, you know, I, I, I super called her out. I literally framed it from the perspective of, it's well, it was week one for me. I was a week late joining the program, but it's week two. And I already have no desire to be part of this program. I would normally literally just like exit the program, not say anything, hope nobody noticed and wait for Julia, like, you know, coach Julia, not Lally. I'm gonna call the other lady Lally. So it's very clear. Um, wait for for Julia to say something, be like, yo, are you not in the program anymore? Like, I saw you took yourself out. Like, I would have just smooth, faded to the back, like Homer Simpson into the bushes. But I decided that it is in my best interest to like, do the work that we always say that everyone needs to do. That's my work. And so I went live and I talked about the very, very thing that we're discussing right now, which is erasure, which is being dismissed, which is, um, you know, the, the general distrust between marginalized communities and specifically women of color and white women, the expectations around what it means to hold a safe space, the expectations around when somebody asks you a fucking question just as a human being, how dare you ignore them? Like, who do you think you are? Just as a person, like, regardless of it being like a question around the word tribal or not, I asked you a question. You're definitely going to pop the fuck up in our call tomorrow on our video call, I'm gonna have to look at you. You're gonna have to look at me. Like, you're just gonna pretend like you didn't, basically you didn't hear me speaking. That's mad disrespectful, regardless of whatever the race or, you know, marginalized identity dynamics are. So- Or whatever the topic is. Right, or whatever the topic is. Yeah. I could have been like, hi, I have a question. Did you get the workbook from, you know, da 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 da? And she, it's like in real life, she would have just stared at me blinking and I would have been like, hello? Like, you don't fucking hear me talking to you? I also want to point out that, like, even if you decide, because, right, I could hear folks kind of saying now, like, well, maybe she didn't see it, right? So ignoring someone implies that you, like, are going to completely ignore them with no response, right? Not a non-response to the person and then a different reaction outward. Correct. Right. Also, mind you... There is more to this story. So right. just hang on, guys, because it right. gets really fucked up. Yeah, so this isn't a case. I, I just want to set that up. Like, yeah. this isn't yeah, a yeah. case of, like, oh, she didn't I, just, I just didn't respond to you because I didn't want to respond. Like, I wish it were that. Right. No, it was, I chose not to respond because fuck you. Right. 
And that's what it was. Like, I don't value your voice. I don't value your question. I don't value you. I don't value your personal experiences. And I'm choosing to stand in my position of privilege and not have to engage with you because your struggles and your real life lived experience don't ever actually affect me. So uh, carry on. Right. And so that is evidenced by what? So I go on this live and I, you know, I, I really like, and if any of the women that are listening to this, like that are in the, the group, I like, I wish they could chime in because Trudy, you would have been so proud of me. Like I really put it all the way out there. Like the way that like I talk to you, honestly, you know what I mean? Like when we're not recording, I, mm-hmm. I like really, I did the thing, like opened up my whole little soul. Like the feds wasn't watching, like it wasn't a whole bunch of white people and was like, this is really a problem. And like, I, you know, and I even mentioned something about like, even like the dynamic of racial ambiguity. So like, it's even more personal to me, like this erasure of identity, cause that's something that like I work through all the time. Cool. So most of the women, and this is like, so I, I got a two part do better and I'm going to insert one of them here. Most of the women in this group, these white women responded and some of them were like, I'm so fucking uncomfortable listening to this. I am so triggered, but thank you so much for bringing it up to me. How can I show up for you? Like, how can I show up in my discomfort? How, mm-hmm. how can I show up um, and support you? What can I do? You know, what do you need? Um, thank you for sharing. Like, I hear you. I see you. And, and that for me was this moment of like, you know, changing, starting to change the narrative. Yeah. Right. Which is why you do the work and you right. like, you go through these programs. So that's part of it. Like my do better is to every single of one of the women in this in this group that like I know we're uncomfortable as fuck and have never experienced as a woman of color because they're not they're white um what I was talking about and still managed to like be honest and authentic and vulnerable themselves and and show up for me right and like do the exact opposite thing and not tell you you're overreacting yes no not at all like I wasn't not like you're overreacting or this it was like oh my god this is so impactful like this is real I hear you like speak your truth, like, yes, all of that, right? So they're, they're my first do better. But so that was the initial response. And I waited and I waited and I waited and I was like, I'm not gonna say nothing. I'm just gonna wait for it. So then I say, yes, I asked you a question. I, she goes, well, what do you need from me here? Super passive aggressive. I said, well, I asked you a question. I'd still like an answer for it. She responded with some more passive aggressive bullshit. Um, I'm not sure I understand uh, what the problem is. I can't use tribal or some shit like that. I didn't even get a chance to respond to this woman because she blocks me. So she blocks me. And now let me make something very clear. She has now seen my roughly seven minute video of me as a woman of color expressing all of the vulnerabilities and sentiments around erasure and voicelessness and being dismissed and my discomfort in this space in general. She watches this video. I literally said, you, this is what you're doing, right? Erasure, dismissing, ignoring, blah, blah, blah. And this is why it's triggering and problematic. And her next move is to block me. Mind you, for those of you that don't know, when you block a person, they get blocked from your personal pages. They also get blocked from everything you post in any space. So that means even in our Facebook page, our Facebook group for this mastermind, she will never be able to see anything I post. She will never see any of my comments or questions or anything, whether it's directed at her or anyone else. She's completely removed me from her social space. What she does do is post and shout out. This is another, my, my second do better. You know, I got three actually. Shout out to Heather for 
calling this woman out. Cause this is how I ended up finding out what she did because Heather jumped in her space and was like, nah, son, like you're wrong and left a comment. And you know, even when you're blocked and somebody tags you in something and like they comment and you're friends, you can end up seeing it. So because Heather stepped into her role as an accomplice and not just as a white woman, but like in a, you know, the quote unquote sisterhood of the mastermind and, and step in and just being supportive in the way that I said I needed support, you know, and doing like exactly what I asked, I get to see this. This is a direct quote. Here's a thing. Here's the thing. Apparently I am unconscientious with my language because I use the word quote unquote tribal in a Facebook post. Now America, America is me people. You are so far up your own backside that you appear to be eating yourself from the inside out. No, just no. Cool bitch game on. So at this point, so I have a couple options running through my head. The first option is what I would normally do, which is ignore it, not choose to engage because what's the point, right? That's what we're told. It's like, what's the point? She is who she is. She's clearly doubled down on her ignorance and her privilege and her problematicness. Doesn't give a fuck. Isn't going to change. So why exert the energy? That's my first thought. Then it's like, mm, and also I'm just going to retract myself from the group because she's a part of it. And one bad apple, unfortunately, is, is a problem. And it, yeah, and, and it's just going to change the vibe. It's going to change the way that I show up. I'm not going to show up authentically. Like, I'm just going to pull out. And then I had a thought, which was, this all started because of her attempt at dismissing and erasing and, and you know, silencing my voice. And if I choose not to let her know that I see you talking shit, homie. Like, I see you mocking what I just very vulnerably opened up to you as being a general traumatic experience for people of marginalized identities online and you're mocking it instead of addressing me as a grown-up and as a sympathetic human being. So I wasn't going to let her do that thing, right? I wasn't going to let her erase me. So I made the choice instead to go into the very group that she was in and go live again. Except this time, I, I actually wrote a list. First of all, I was, sh I was shaking. I was hot. I was mad. I was like physically angry. And normally I would like ball up my fist and like try to contain it. And I was like, nope, we just gonna let it ride. Because what I didn't want was one. I was like, I don't want to, you know, fulfill the stereotype of coming off as like the angry colored girl, like, you know, and being like called aggressive and rude and, and, and like all of those things, all the stereotypes um, around how, how, you know, marginalized identities are depicted when we're triggered and we're, we're rightfully angry and we're rightfully emotional. Um, but we're obviously vilified when we try to, you know, vocalize those things. So I was normally, I'd be very conscientious of the way I showed up in that. And instead I was like, no, like, I'm just going to let myself show up. I'm just like, fuck how I come off. I don't care if, you know, she runs around and is like, Oh, you're angry. You're this. Cause she's going to do it either, either well, because, way. Because that's what she did. Exactly. Right? Like she was able to just respond without exactly. any real thought about how am I going to come off? She was mm -hmm. able to just be like, blah, this is what right. I Exactly. So I, I like, I went in, I was actually very surprised. Like I stayed very, like I was clearly angry and like, you know, passionate. Can I ask you a question? Of course. I know we didn't plan for questions. <laughs> I love questions. Let's go. I am interested in your choice to mm -hmm. bring this back to the group because the other woman made it public. So I initially took it to the group for this live 
because what I wanted was for them to know exactly why, if there was any change in the way I showed up, if there was any change in the way that I, like if I came at this woman at any point, I wanted everyone to fully understand what happened. So in that video, I really like, and I made the decision, you know, I was like, I could code switch. I could only use academia. I could be very calm and soften my voice and lower my tone the way that we're taught to, right? So that we're, we're not threatening and we're easier to listen to. And then I was like, nah, fuck that. Like, you just gonna get what you're gonna get. And like the same way I'm talking now to you telling this story is like, I was like, yo, first of all, I was trying not to be this person. Like I was, I tried to give you the benefit of the doubt. I tried to give you the opportunity to just say, I am so sorry for, for my problematic behavior. I was highly unaware that it was problematic. Thank you for bringing it to my attention. Oh, look, you have a whole podcast episode on why the word tribal is problematic. I will listen to it. Thank you. And it could have been done and I would have had so much respect for her. Instead, she doubled down on her bullshit. I mean, even I can even see a scenario where she's like, I don't agree. I'm open to hearing what you think. Right. I did not mean to cause harm or offense. Right. I don't agree. And like, yeah. you're a human person. And I hear you as a human person telling me that this was offensive and this was problematic. Right. Like we can have a dialogue about it so that I can understand where you're coming from, even if I don't necessarily agree with your like grown ups. I mean, you don't have to agree with me, but you will respect my truth. And when you choose not to respect my truth as a human being, regardless of my, you know, identity, then you're literally telling me that you don't respect my humanity. And in that case, bet, I don't have to, uh, like, I don't have to again be conscientious. Exclamation, another exclamation point right there. Another exclamation point. Like when someone tells you, that something has caused harm or offended or is oppressive in some way and you just dismiss them you're you are like dismissing their humanity like you're just saying like i don't give a shit right i mean and that's the thing too right like initially i came at her with compassion and i came at her with humanity because she's a human being and she deserves those things and seeking to understand like you framed it as a question i really wanted to understand what she meant Y'all, can we just make this a ground rule of life, of life, like seek to understand. Right. Right. Like, let's just do that. Right. And so, you know, but here's the reality. She exhibited problematic behavior and language. And so I don't owe her compassion. I don't owe her understanding. I don't owe her anything. Right. So I went in and I let her know. And I told her, you're a despicable human being. Shame on you. Not even on some like, oh, as a white woman, you did this. As a human being, as a human person, this is what happened. And this is how you chose to behave. And I just told you all of the ways in which that behavior was triggering. And you doubled down on that behavior, right? And I did say in the video, I was like, I know that you're going to listen to this. And you're either going to turn around and on your blocked Facebook page, which she only blocked me, which you dumbass, you didn't block everyone else. So... She did exactly the thing that I knew she would. I said, you're either going to turn around and cry big ass crocodile tears and make yourself the victim, or you're going to turn around and make me out to be some crazy woman of color and like vilify me or both, which asterisk and we'll get to in a second is exactly what she turned around and did, right? So post this thing. Now here's my like third do better. I contact Julia because we're supposed to have a call literally in an hour 
we're all supposed to get on our weekly call where we're like sharing, you know, the things that have come up for us and all these things for that week. And I, Julia is in Paris and I literally messaged her and I was like, 911, you need to contact me before the call. Because honestly, part of me didn't trust my ability to maintain any sort of respect for her if she popped up on that call. And I had to look at her face. I would have been like, fuck what all the rest of y'all talking about. What's up? What's up, Twitter fingers? Like, you can talk a whole lot of shit when no one, when you don't think anybody else is paying attention. Like, now you have to look at me as a real fucking person. I, I already know I would have gone in, right? And I didn't want that for the group. And I didn't want that for the dynamic because it's also my responsibility to uphold a certain level of respect and, say, and, and create a safe space for, for my peers in the cohort. Right. Because when you join a mastermind, you agree to certain norms. And, and, and what's the first rule of mastermind? What's well, the first rule of Fight Club? <laughs> well, as someone who does a lot of masterminding, um, one of the most important things in a mastermind group is that it is a safe space and that the things that happen in the mastermind stay in the mastermind because people need to be able to show up fully expressed. And it's a place where like we're working out our shit and like, right when you sign up for that, that's part of the agreement that you make, like with your coach, with the other people in your group. That's why you and I, we spend a lot of time talking about like, if you're a coach and you're having a mastermind group, you need to learn how to create safe spaces for everyone. Uh -huh. Exactly. So if the first rule of fight club is you don't talk about fight club, right? The first rule of mastermind is you don't talk about mastermind. You maintain a safe space. You maintain respect for everybody. You literally, regardless of this being a race thing or not, you took, and also, hold on, let's be very clear, this entire fucking mastermind is predicated on visibil visibility and vulnerability, and we're only in week two, so it's not like we've been doing a whole lot of work to where we feel really grounded in this, right? So you literally took, first you broke the first rule, you took something that happened in the mastermind ar around visibility and vulnerability, and then took it out of the group. You obliterated my privacy. You obliterated my right to be able to be vulnerable and open and trust the safety of the space. You obliterated all of that. You just said, fuck it, I don't care. Right, and none of that has anything to do with like the content. The like, content, no. Like it has nothing, I mean, it's, I think it's, it's um, not surprising that this happened with an issue around like equity and diversity. Right. However, that that's regardless. Like right. you could have been talking about something that happened to you, right. you know, like uh, some experience that you have, like it could be literally anything. Anything. I could have been talking about the fact that I had a dog bite me as a child. And now I'm realizing that that's the reason that I don't like dogs and, you know, men are called dogs. And now I'm realizing like, that's the reason I fear men. Like I could have been working through some wild <laughs> shit right yeah, and like yeah. coming through because these are the right. things that happen to masterminds no, 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 like, for sure. it's someone's all, like yeah, telling a story about their childhood and a dog and all of a sudden they're like and that's why i realized i don't eat spinach and you're like how did we get here i don't even know how we got here but let's work through it hey right yeah. and then you went to the world and you were like hey this bitch don't eat spinach and this is why so the do better and that even if like she's not naming you like just the fact that you're like exactly this americans these right. people like you right know, because right. It, it tarnishes the ability for the people in your group not just the one person that you shared out but everyone because now you've made it aware you've you've put it on the table that like oh i'm the person that will like share all of our shit exactly so 
Now everyone in the group has to be worried about that. Right. So I let Julia know, one, I need to talk to you before this call. And two, hi, there's a live on our Facebook post or our Facebook feed. And I lit Lally up. And Julia's first response is one, what do you need? How can I be here for you? Emotionally, how are you? So on and so forth, right? And then her next reaction was, I just want to let, because I told her, I said, my concern is she's going to be in this group, this call that's in an hour, and I'm going to have to look at her. Two, I no longer feel safe. I don't want to be a part of this group. Three, you know, so on and so forth. And Julia's response was, you didn't do anything wrong. You literally didn't break the rule of Fight Club. I love that I call Masterminds Fight Club. Nobody else does. I want to make that clear to the whole world. To me, it's the same thing. Because you're working out shit, right? Like, Tyler Durden was doing it with fists. We just do it with, like, words and emotion and mental and, like, physical health and all those things. <laughs> Anyways, so, you know, she, she broke the first rule of Fight Club. And regardless of whether it was you or somebody else or whether it was a race thing or a cis thing or a gender thing or a gender fluidity thing or, like, a trauma, whatever it was, she broke safe space. And there's no way that anyone can be fully expressed and be working through their issues with vulnerability and visibility online when there is a person in the group that is a direct threat to that. And then the additional layer of you are also the only person, me, right, is the only person that's showing up in this space with this specific identity. And so for so many more reasons, my safe space needs to be protected because I am alone, right? So Julia did the really amazing thing of just letting us know, and she let the whole group know, um, you know, that this person has been removed, um, like she's handling it, so on and so forth. And if anybody, like she was, she didn't delete any of my posts or anything. She's like, I'm going to leave it up because people need to see this and learn from it. And, you know, as white women, they need to work through it and whatever. Um, She also made it clear on our call that like, while all these white women are working through this and while I am like a DNI coach and this is exactly what I do, like if they need help working through what this means for them as white women, then like they need to sign up as clients because it's not my responsibility to coach them or now be sympathetic to them or compassionate to them or like, you know, do this all free emotional labor because they're being triggered by something that happens. And you're um, a learner in this. Like, exactly. I'm not the educator. Right. right. So, um, she did the really, really dope thing of stepping into her, you know, role as an accomplice and was like, you spoke for yourself. Like you did the thing. I'm just going to do what I can in my position of privilege and power to let this person know that, you know, they broke the rules of fight club. You got like, you are, you are no longer allowed to be. So then. Which probably, and you know, I can't know this for sure, but as a coach, I would imagine she also refunded this woman. So. I mean, knowing Julia, yeah. I mean, any coach would do that. Yeah, I would. But like, and knowing Julia, like 100%, Julia's not going to keep your money. Like, she, Julia operates with so much integrity. Shout out Julia Wells, Howard, if you need some sort of visibility coaching. Um, but she operates with so much integrity that that would have been, you know, she's like, I'm, this is what I need to do to maintain the safe space. And also, yeah, here's your money back. Like, I would just, that's one, that's the right thing to do. And two, like, she operates with integrity. So my assumption is that, yes, that is what happened. Um, so remember y'all, I also said that her reaction was either going to be one to like vilify me and turn me into like some sort of bad guy or two, make herself the victim or both. And because, yo, what's funny is I called her a dumbass earlier. And that's like one of the things she's like, I have boundaries. How dare you establish your boundaries? Honestly, also in direct reference to you obliterating mine. 
So, which y'all dumbass, you blocked me and didn't block anybody else. Like, your shit is public. That sounds like colonizer. It, oh my, oh my God, is that what it is? And she, she I mean, I'm going to violate your boundaries. Right. In order to establish mine. My own. Let's just think of how that right. actually works. I mean, she is a white woman from the UK. They invented colonization. So, Trudy, would you like to read to us what this wonderful version of a human being posted in response? Um... Yeah, I decided to put some boundaries around how I play and invite others to play here in my little corner of Facebook because my container around this got shot to pieces. My privacy was violated, my character attacked. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. And we've seen this before, like this is a pattern. Mm -hmm. So someone will be called out for saying something that has like racist roots, right? Mm -hmm. Undertones or displaying some kind of behavior that is oppressive and they automatically feel attacked like they they'll say they'll use words like attacked Mm -hmm. and like boundaries and stuff but they don't see how they have caused harm or like i hate that people use the word attack but Um, white people specifically use the word use the word attack and And i'm like let's be clear that that comes from and is specifically rooted to the stereotype yeah yeah absolutely of color are violent violent. and criminalized like they criminalize us and all of these other things right yeah because it's not an attack it's you're not being attacked chill the fuck out yeah chill out but the language like is just, very specifically rooted in that stereotype. It's, it's always, like, pay attention, anyone listening, like, pay attention to how people respond to these things. And you'll see, you know, a consistent, like, I'm being attacked. Mm-hmm. People are, you know, the, the, coming for me, calling me out, like, all these things. It comes from that really, it comes from that stereotype of, like, people of color being violent. And so when you use the word attack, you are furthering that stereotype. And you are just kind of continuing down that rabbit hole of, um, of racism. Like, you really are. You know what I think we should do? What? This is a perfect segue into, let's name all of the things. Because she did all of the things, right? The problematic yeah. things. I really, I, think, yeah, I do. I want to walk through. I yeah, walk let's through walk through this. Because right. I think that this is a perfect example. Now we have, like, a real legitimate example for people to understand when we say certain things. And all, and I, I said this before, but I, I'm going to say it again, because I could see, again, I, you know, I could see people saying, well, you're blowing out of proportion, like, not that I can see it, that I agree with it, but I can hear because I'm f- so familiar with, like, this process, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, you're thinking too much about it. Why don't you just let it go? Like, what, whatever. But this woman could also have just let it go. Like, she did not have to kind of continue down this pathway. All, the best thing that could have happened here is that you would have asked, you know, what do you mean by tribal? Like, in the, and that she said, she could have said, well, this is what I mean. Mm-hmm. And explained. Mm-hmm. And which you may have said, hey, like, maybe you're not aware of this, but we did a podcast episode of this or whatever like here check it out and i'm happy to have a conversation with you you know like whatever i a thousand percent would have said hey not sure that you are aware but the use of tribal is really problematic here's an episode that we did to explain why and here are some other words that you maybe would could consider using instead Instead. right yeah so that had had it played out like that would have been cool fine learning lesson that's great that would have been the end of it right right um, but that's not what happened. So yeah, I think it's important. I think we can walk kind of backwards. So the first thing that she did 
is she demonstrated or she kind of like pulled her privilege, right? The mm-hmm. privilege to be able to respond without ramification. Like she, she fully felt like she had the right to break the rule of fight club, right? Mm-hmm. Like to take content that was happening inside of a safe space, supposedly right. to pull it out and didn't expect, you know, she felt like she, she was privileged enough to do that. She didn't even have to think about like, oh, I'm breaking, I'm violating this person's trust or right. the rules of this group. So I'm just going to do what I want. And that's kind of the first thing. Even before that, she exhibited her white privilege in that she didn't acknowledge that I, or answer right. the she direct question. She didn't that feel like I she needed to respond. Because it wasn't an issue that applies to her. Yeah, it's the whole, like, I can say what I want. I can do what I want. And I don't have to actually explain myself because your, your lived experience is trivial to me. It's not one that I share, and so I don't care. Right, so that's an example of white privilege being kind of flexed in this scenario. So the, the dismissal of the initial question, the feeling that like I can say anything and not, you know, not need to account for it. Um, and then the ability to just break rules and break trust right. by sharing the information publicly. Um, so that was first. Anything you want to add to that part? No, that, that is absolutely what first happened. Okay. So then they, and the, again, to be clear, when I said in this video, like, hey, you ignored me and this at the other, if that had not there been were another opportunity, yeah, it was another opportunity for her to say, oh, my God, I didn't even see that. I'm right. so sorry. She tried to, like, frame together some sort of bullshit about, like, I've been so busy. You had no, you no. have plenty of time to answer other people on that post. Listen, when you're called out on something, right, that was an honest mistake, a skill that you need to learn just as a grown-up person is to say, I apologize for that. This is, this, these were the conditions that led to this oversight. I apologize. How can I fix it? Right. Instead of obliterating somebody's name. You can just apply that to your life you are, you will just have so much like navigating the world. Just, right. you know, Hey, I'm sorry. Like you're arguing with your spouse over who didn't take the garbage out. Like, I'm sorry. I didn't take it out. I got distracted because of the kids, like right. whatever, whatever, let me go and do that. My bad. Like, I'm going to do it right now. Right. So, that's it. so, yeah, so the first thing was <laughs> she exhibited her white privilege and then she doubled down on her white privilege. Right. By being Always feeling like she could, operate without consequence. Yep. So, so that's then, one. So that's one. So then um, she blocked you. Correct. Which was a, de- a further demonstration of dismissal and erasure. Correct. Um, that I don't see you, I don't have to. Which under regular circumstances, I think, you know, like everyone has the choice to like not be in spaces that they don't want to be in. However, like you can't do that and not after you've caused something to happen and not expect to be called to carpet for it. Like, you know, so that's erasure. Um, Then the next thing that we have evidence of, you know, the concept that we talk about around white fragility. White fragility is demonstrated when someone, a white person has caused some kind of harm. They are called out on that harm. And then they, basically what they do is they, claim to have a reverse effect. So they feel like they're being attacked by being called out and being held 
accountable and being asked to be responsible for what they've done, that that responsibility is so much to handle <laughs> that, you know, that they kind of crack under that pressure of being called out and being asked to be responsible for what they have done or said, or where lines have been crossed around issues of race or identity. So in this particular instance, I mean, the, the post that she put up right after that you just read, right? Like, so she made herself the victim. She said that she was attacked. She said that her privacy was disrespected. I and I was very, even when I lit her up, to be clear, I, I wasn't loud. I wasn't yelling. I was very like, I was, like I said, I was angry and I was passionate, but I was calm. I held my composure. I explained to her why her, like I did some free coaching, explained why her behavior was problematic. And then I let her know how despicable of a human being I thought she was and why she was a problematic white woman and why she's the exact type of white woman that creates distrust between women of color and white women. I think that's, that's why I wanted to bring us back to. I feel like it's really important we kind of like anchor this conversation and because this is not just about like the argument that we've had on Facebook. <laughs> like, not at all. Not, this is not about that at all. But this is an example a perfect example of things that happen every day, multiple times a day, both online and offline, that, w- w- that creates spaces where women of color and other people with marginalized identities are not able to be in the room, to learn, right? To express, to kind of contribute because there is this fear um, or anxiety around like, these people in the room may react to me in this very same way that Weeze is describing. And so when this has been the norm for centuries and people, and, and you're trying to create a more diverse space, because if you're listening to this podcast, it's probably why one of the reasons you're listening right. to this podcast is because you're interested in doing better and being more inclusive. You need to understand that the people that you are including are coming to the table with this kind of context right mm-hmm. and so when you're creating a space you need to be aware that this is the kind of thing that can happen mm-hmm. and that's what that's why we're revisiting this in such detail so right that and you can understand yeah, like i want to be really clear we're using this specific example because i can speak to it so deeply right and like all the intricacies of it and the you know, emotional aspect and the like triggering and trauma and all of those things. I can speak to it personally because I've lived it and I'm, I just experienced it last week. Right. right? Versus saying like, Oh, here's this thing that happened and speculating on how people feel. Right. Like even, even in sitting here, like having this conversation with how, who knows how many hundreds of people are going to listen to this, right? Like I'm making a choice to show up authentically and vulnerably knowing that a whole bunch of white people are going to listen to this and are probably going to be like, She's crazy. She's, she's doing too much. She's overreacting. She's dramatic. She's overreacting. She's this, she's that. And you're not going to hear anything right. I'm really saying because you're, you're so stuck in your narrative. Yeah. And, and so I- for, for y'all, if you're still listening, cause you probably shut the podcast up by now. <laughs> for, for those <laughs> right. people, got uncomfortable. But, but if you're, you know, for those of y'all still listening, like just imagine, so you're, you're listening to Weez kind of recount this story and kind of, you know, sharing her emotional kind of response and, you know, not just emotional, but psychological response to this. Now imagine that this happens to one person day after day, after day, after day, multiple times a day and the cumulative effects on that. And right. then we have, you know, 
questions that Weez and I get all the time where I'm like, well, why, you know, how do I get more people of color into my programs? Like, how am I more inclusive? Like, these are the reasons, these are part of the reasons why there aren't, there's probably the reason why there was only one woman of color at that event, Elizabeth Gilbert and uh, Cheryl Strait. Yeah. So this is the exact reason why there was only one woman of color at the event that um, Elizabeth Gilbert and Cheryl Strait recently held. Um, because it's not because they don't have a, an audience of people of color because both of them do. It's because before people start going to these things, they are thinking about this. Right, exactly. And so the other thing too is we get questions. That's why we're also like going through the, the quote unquote definition. So this is right. So, okay. I just want to like bring it back real quick. So we talked yeah. about white fragility. I think it's very clear. Basically when you're called out and your immediate response is to make yourself the victim and start dropping tears, that's white fragility. Get the fuck over yourself. The only appropriate response when you're called out is, I'm sorry, how can I do better? Thank you for making me aware. What can I do differently? Do you have resources that I can learn from that you can point me in the right direction to? Because I don't expect you to do the emotional labor of also now educating, right? So there's that. Don't make yourself the victim. Do not expect compassion or understanding or calmness from anyone. That's like a man walking up to a woman and grabbing her ass and then expecting her to very calmly turn around and say, sir, would you mind not violating my personal space and my boundaries and groping me? The like, only that's- place, I, I think it's important to say this. The only place that I think it's reasonable to expect compassion is when you have like invested in a coach or something where you are saying, I'm going to put all my vulnerabilities on the table and this person is going to like help me this process. Like, I think that like, like, for example, the, the white women that I work with, they sometimes say some off the wall shit, but they're doing it because they're, they know that they're in this learning space and they know that I'm going to meet them with compassion and understanding and listening. It's not that it's not triggering for me at times. It's that part of my work is to kind of create a space and open the door and like walk people through that. And I know you do the same thing. I was literally just going to say that. Yeah. Right. So if you're in that kind of a space, then yeah, you're going to, you're going to have a different experience, but if it's just a like a regular person, a regular person who is not like committed to helping you with this, like, no, you can't expect them to just be like, Oh, tell me what you intended and let me see. Right. And be really calm about the way that you just offended and triggered them like that's literally not how that works right so and you wouldn't be either like right right? like if you were like you just said like if if a dude grabs your ass you wouldn't turn around and be like let me teach you all the ways that this is like problematic behavior right yeah like no You'd be angry. You'd probably cuss. Like you're gonna, right. you know, you might get but loud. But if you were like, a coach for dudes on how to not be a misogynistic asshole, right? You might walk them through that process, right? right. Um. So that that's the first thing. That's how not to react. That is white fragility and how not to react. Right. right. Then there's also the thing that she did of her like white tears. Like woe is me, white woman. So white tears. Like the easiest way to explain white tears is anytime something happens, either like a person of color or a person with a marginalized identity is successful, like gets a job over somebody else, gets valedictorian over someone else, whatever, is just generally living their life and doing well. It's the phenomena of like white people. Again, it's kind of like the victimization. 
like they automatically it's like woe is me like I'm I'm just out here trying to do my best and like why they only got that because they're of color which is really problematic right or they only got that because they're trans or they only got that because they're an immigrant like I should be getting like meh and then tears right so it's the idea that you believe that you, things are not happening for you because you're white and also the the like opposite side of that coin is that things are only happening for other people because they have a marginalized identity so in this situation i got to stay in the group because i have a marginalized identity no i didn't break the rule of fight club bro like come on and but this is basically like white tears don't yeah. allow her to see that reality right and this is basically the major strategy of the administration that we're living. Yes. That we're like living. Yeah. Like everything strategy is, number one. Right. It's like, like it's the Jews' fault. It's the Mexicans' fault. It's the blacks' yeah. fault. It's the immigrants' fault. They're taking all the jobs. They're taking all the jobs. They're voting. They're they're <laughs> illegally voting. Right. And just, how dare they try to express their civil liberties? How dare they? So I mean, yeah. I will say this. Shout out to Lally for being such a problematic, like a typical problematic white woman that it put me in situations that I'm normally in, but because I made a commitment to visibility, it allowed me to practice being visible. There you go. The universe no, will provide. The universe will provide. And it gave us a whole last episode. So shout out to you, white girl. Cause um, you're famous now. Just kidding. <laughs> so yeah, that was my experience. I hope everyone understands at least the concepts of like white fragility, white tears, yeah. how to respond when you're called out, yeah. expectations around that conversation or the, the reaction um, when you're called out. Yeah. Dialogue is your learn. friend, y'all. Like really, like just talking to people, being open. Respecting a person's humanity. And just like that is your friend. Like you will be in so many less issues. Like if you could just learn to say, tell me more. Tell me more about that. Or oh, I apologize. Like I did? What did you mean by that? Or for her to be like, tell me why that was an issue. You know what I mean? Like, if you're called out, right. like, tell me why. Like, yeah, like that's it. That's all it has to be. And unfortunately, it is not. Yeah, well, that's that. Well, I mean, I had my do-betters in the middle that's of right. the show. Shout out so, to all the do-betters. So shout out to all, all, all the do-betters, all yeah. of... The women, I have a really dope mastermind group. Um, I'm like, it's, 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 it's great because it really is changing my narrative around the way that the expectations that I have for white women. Um, and not because right. there aren't problematic white women, obviously. But when you have a, a, a forum where all, literally all, all but one, well, so far, um, are, are just being human beings, like it's, it's dope. Yeah, and I, I love that little point that you're like, you know, for now, like, I think that we talk about this, and I know it's something that we're going to be talking about more, but this process isn't like a fixed place, right? Like, the idea of doing the work isn't like, oh, I'm going to do this and learn how to be woke so that I can be here at this, like, place, but that this is a continuous process that you're always working on and that you're just always trying to do better, and that you're always trying to be aware of like how you can show up as the best human that you can, like in all of these spaces. So, you know, just cause someone slips up once, like as long as they're hand trying to handle it, that is in, in a way that's in line with their values around equity and like kind of being an accomplice, like 
there's space to make a mistake and to learn and to kind of restore a relationship. Um, I think that's very important. Louise, I know but, you feel this And way. I want to be super, super clear. Like, if this woman hears this episode and this is the thing that makes her realize all of the ways in which she was problematic and harmful and reaches out on the back end and is like, I would like to apologize and I'd like to have a conversation. I'm gonna be like, cool, bet. We're here for that, yeah. I'm, I'm totally here for it. One, because as a human person, I believe in the ability for people to grow and learn yeah. and constantly evolve. We wouldn't do the work that we do if we didn't hold that belief. Right. If we thought that like white folks were just always going to just be racist and like terrible people and you know, like we would just be doing other things. Like, yeah. so Oh my God. Yes. But this I, is hard work. Is, right. <laughs> That's a really depressing. Like <laughs> if we didn't think that it could get better and do better, like we, we wouldn't would, do it. Yeah. And if we didn't believe, right. If we didn't see a value for white coaches to be more inclusive and like, if we didn't see a value in like, coaching practices and communities that were diverse, we wouldn't do this either because our whole thing is like, we need to be more open. We need to be more inclusive. We need to be growing diverse communities. So if we didn't believe that that was possible and that there is benefit for everyone from that kind of a world, we wouldn't do this either. Right. Right. I mean, I don't know how many people we touch with this, but you know, I don't have kids yet. And my hope is like, I'm doing this now and maybe my kids are the next generation don't Yo, have to live the experiences that I do. Do you know that our children who are in school right now, like in school K through 12, it is the most racially diverse population of students in our history. And it is increasingly so, right? So people are starting to look different. They're having multiple identities, like, which is beautiful. Like, it's really beautiful. But on the other end, like we as the kind of adults need to be prepared to kind of transfer the skills to be able to live mm-hmm. in that world and just be. Right. So right. yeah, that's why we're here. So I hope y'all learned something yeah. from my experience. I also want to make it very clear because I don't want anyone to like hear this and think like, oh, that was really easy for her to talk through or whatever. Like the shit is not easy. No. Like I talk about this all the time because of the work that we do. So it's, it's easier. And I'm also, even though I know people are listening, I'm talking to Trudy. And so I really, really want to reinforce that like these microaggressions and these things that happen are not easy. They're super triggering. They cause physical react. Like I had the same physical reaction when this happened as I do when I see a cop, like that same physical, you know what I mean? Like visceral reaction and it's innate. It just happens because it's just you know, we're, we're weathered and we've talked about this this before. So I just want to make that really clear just because I have, and part of it is because I practice it in coaching, right? The ability to have hard or tough conversations in articulate in in clear ways doesn't mean that it doesn't bother me and doesn't mean that I'm not still upset and doesn't mean that as me or any woman or of color or any person of a marginalized identity doesn't have these things happen and constantly feel the effects of erasure or feel the effects of effects of being dismissed. Right. Um, and so I just, I really want to make that clear that no one's like listening to this and is like, it's not that bad just because I can talk about it. Yeah. But that's it. I'm done. Listen, listen to old episodes. It'll help <laughs> you make sense of all yeah, of this. Subscribe. Please, 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 please write us a written review. We appreciate all the five stars. You guys are amazing. Amazing. Um, but write written reviews because 
we would like other people to be able to find us. And if they read the amazing things that you guys say about us, then they'll probably be more inclined to listen, share. And then most importantly, after the written review, join us on Facebook. Look us up. That's not how that works. (laughs) Perfect. All right, y'all. That's it for today, I guess. We will talk to you next week. All right, y'all. Bye. Bye. Hey y'all, what's up? Thank you so much for being here for this episode of That's Not How That Works. We really appreciate you being here. Please make sure to check us out in the Facebook group so we can continue this conversation online. And remember y'all, next time someone says, you have to consider my boundaries, but I don't have to consider yours, you tell them, that's not how that works.